0: When the morning sun broke over the hills, he was already high among them. And he found it, as Tinker had said, and more. He started his first cabin that morning, finished it, and a corral before he returned to town. He had sent for Hank Rooney, and things had moved along. Until now, there had been no break in the steady forward progress of the bee bar. And there was market for considerable beef right in the country, which had few ranches. There were mines scattered around, and miners ate beef. He could pay running expenses with local sales, so he built his herds. Judd Devitt seemed sure of himself, and he must already have laid plans to log off the Deep Creek country. And he must have moved very swiftly and silently for Bell not to have heard of the venture. Swinging down at the tinker house, Bell pushed through the batwing doors into the saloon. Other swinging doors divided the saloon from the hotel lobby. He walked to the bar, noting two wool-shirted men with the bottoms of their overalls turned up to a few inches below the knee. The nearest lumberjack turned and glanced toward him. He was a burly man with a wide, not unpleasant face, tough and rough, but good-humored, You sure come close to getting your meat house torn down, cowboy. That was bully Judd Devitt you were talking to, was it? He was occupied with his thoughts of the deep river range. Nothing must go wrong at this stage. He needed that graze to fatten his stock for market, and if trouble forced him to pull them off that rich grass to the parched and arid flats where the grass was even now going dry and stale, he would lose pounds off every head of stock and could easily lose some of the stock itself. Weight meant dollars, and he needed money. And there would be no rain on the lowlands for another three months at least. The lumberjack was not letting it pass. Judd, he chaws up men like you. I seen him whoop three, four in one stack. When it comes to lumber, land, or woman, Judd gets what he wants and you can bet your bottom dollar if he says he'll log off Deep Creek, he'll do her. He can be stopped. Not him, the big jack moved closer. My name's Watt Williams, cowboy, and I've worked for Bully Judd before. He says he's going in after that fur, and he'll do it. And, the big lumberjack grinned insolently, he'll have 50 of the toughest lumberjacks in the country back of him. Bell downed his drink and turned from the bar. Watt Williams grinned at him. There was tough good humor in him and a love for fighting. He had wide shoulders and big hands, and he had just put two stiff drinks behind his belt. Bell, he moved out into the room. I'd like to take up that offer you made the boss right now. He spoke and he swung. Clay had seen the intent before the blow started. He had seen it in the way the man moved out into the room and the way his feet were set. As William swung, Clay stepped inside and smashed a left and right to the face. The left caught Williams on the eye as he stepped in, but the right landed too far back. Watt was shaken, but he tried to grapple. Bell stepped away, and as Williams moved in, he fainted, then smashed a cracking right to the jaw. It nailed Williams on the button as he was stepping in, and he dropped on his face in the sawdust as if hit with an axe. Bell looked across the fallen man at his companion, but the lumberjack at the bar stared without speaking, as if unwilling to believe his eyes. Turning, Bell went through the swinging doors into the hotel lobby. Ed Miller looked up from his ledger observing the skinned knuckles and drawing his own conclusions. He was a taciturn man with no past that anyone knew about. He possessed a faculty for knowing almost everything that happened in Tinkersville without showing any evidence of interest. He had seen the brief meeting of Devitt and Bell in the street. There were lumberjacks in the bar, something had fallen hard. Clay Bell had a split knuckle, and no evidence of other damage, the conclusion was obvious. Has Hardy Tibbet come back yet? Miller shook his head. Not yet, Clay, he's overdue. Nobody has come to town but that lumberman, nobody except the Rileys, Judge James J. and his daughter. Clay Bell hesitated, his hands on the counter. It was time Hardy was back. Could the delay have anything to do with Devitt? The idea disturbed him, and he stood irresolute, wondering about his best move. You should see that Riley girl, Clay. Miller kept his voice low. Man, if I was a young sprout like you, I'd move in. A blonde. Colleen Riley? Not a bit. Dark red hair and eyes full of Irish. That's her coming down the steps now. Clay turned casually, curiously. He looked, then looked again, their glances caught. And for one clear, bell-like instant, their eyes held.